Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me here. You're very welcome. Jacqueline, I must admit, like, you know, you sent me a copy of the book mm. and I was glued to it. So uh, it was great. Now, before anything else, now I know about it, but I think it's important to tell our listeners, tell me about the book. What inspired you and what is it about then? Well, it started several years ago. Um, I've mentored a lot of people, especially women, and we all have challenges um, at the workplace. It could be the stereotypes. It could be just the work-life balance. It could be the lack of support. There's multiple reasons. But one thing that I noticed was that we tend to be very critical of each other. And instead of helping each other, I've noticed that we're not really really helping each other instead be more critical. And that really came to light when I was at a conference and a woman uh, CEO came on the stage and there were two women sitting in front of me so I could hear what they were saying. And they were critiquing the way she looked. Mm -hmm. Oh, she looks so frumpy, that dress is so tight on her, look at her belly sticking out. Very critical of how she looked. Instead of applauding her for the fact that she's one of the few female CEOs that we have, um, and then after she left the stage, a man, a male CEO got on stage and I thought, okay, he looks pretty frumpy too, yeah. but they didn't criticize him or uh, about the way he looked and the way he was dressed. And it really got me to think, why are we so critical of each other? Why did we just do that? I mean, there's such few women who are successful in any organization. Mm. So why aren't we applauding her and standing up and giving her an ovation? Because we know it's so hard as a female to make it. Um, and that's really when I started looking into this more and just reading a lot, uh, reading various books, reading different articles, and then it was really to read up on it so that I could learn from it and then also to educate my mentees mm -hmm. and hoping that uh, we can learn from it together. And that's what started, that was the impetus for me to start the book. It's quite, uh, it's quite an intense book in terms of, you have gone through a lot of your experiences, mm -hmm. right? Which I find fascinating when I was reading them. But also, as you just said, that you know, research shows you've put in a, a lot of time, I can see a lot of time and effort in getting that evidence, getting that research mm. to substantiate some of the things that you're saying, because this is not just your observation, right. it is happening, isn't it? Yes. And, and when I was reading through it, um, there were some examples where I thought, hmm, I might have been a bit guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> so give me, you know, so what has happened now for you, as you started your life as a corporate lawyer, what other things have you seen that, you know, the, the main significant things that come out for you and which made you write this book? Okay. So when I was starting off as a corporate lawyer, I looked for female partners to kind of help me and guide me, but I couldn't find any right. uh, when I started. Uh, and then when I moved into investment banking as an in-house counsel, I also looked to find female role models that I could try to emulate. And the ones that I came across were the actually weren't people that I actually wanted to be like. Um, uh, they were what we call the queen bees, where mm. they want to be the only woman on top and they feel threatened by other women coming up. And so I felt that instead of helping me, they were almost sabotaging me. Mm. And I've spoke to several other women about this and they've said the same thing, that they don't feel like they could trust the senior women to actually, are they really going to support me or not? Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons, again, that I read the, uh, wrote the book because 
I want us to use that book as a discussion point for us to kind of talk about some of these issues and to recognize when we are doing those things to stop and ask yourself, why are we doing this? Why are we being so, you know, catty? catty. <laughs> <laughs> why are we saying, um, why are we... Just, why are we the ones almost condoning the r rumors and things that may not even be true? So we are almost our worst enemies. Exactly. Right. So exactly. some of the things that women are doing, you know, but you do, there is a recurring, I don't know, well, you know, maybe people have examples of this, but, you know, they might say that when they had a boss who was a woman, um, you know, there was a little bit more sort of tension because, you know, do women have to prove themselves more because they are in that area? But even that is hard, isn't it? It is. I mean, some of the studies say that the reason w women can be more competitive with each other is because uh, we see that only one out of 10 will make it to the top. So unconsciously, when we look around and we see the other nine women, we feel, okay, well, if only one's going to make it, you know, then I see that other woman as uh, competition. Mm -hmm. And so it could even be at a unconscious level that we're doing that. So the whole thought process behind this book is to say, okay, yes, there could be jealousy. Yes, there could be this feeling of you know, competitiveness. But what if we just, and, and first acknowledge that that's okay. You know, that is okay to feel that way. But then it's really how you act on it. You know, do you do something to sabotage your, your female colleagues so that mm. they don't get the position? Are you the one saying, oh, she must be, she must have her period today. That's why she's so grumpy. Mm. Um, I love uh, the quote from Tina Fey in Mean Girls. And he's, she says to the, the cheerleaders, if you call each other, you know, whores and sluts, it gives the right for the men to call you whores and sluts. Mm. And that's my point is that if we do that to each other, then everybody else thinks it's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, I want to really kind of touch on some of those details that you've mentioned and and also looking at the solutions, you know, how do we change it? Before we go, we're just going to go, go into some music in a minute, but um, tell me, like, is this is this to do with the way we are wired? Because men always say, oh, it's the way we are wired. Is this mm -hmm. about us? Is it to do with that? Well, there is some DNA, you know, there is some studies um, that say, yes, it's potentially the way we're wired, but it's also the way we're brought up. Yeah. You know, we're taught women when they're young, they're taught to be always to be nice, mm -hmm. right? So we think, okay, well, we have to be nice all the time, but then it doesn't really exhibit how we truly feel. The other thing is um, there are studies that show that we like to use indirect aggression. So rather than being to your face saying, oh, I'm uh, unhappy about the way you're doing this, instead we do it you know, behind their backs yeah. and things like that. And that's part of like protecting your womb and it goes to this. It just becomes a, a habit, doesn't it? It does. But I think if one of the things is that we said, we, uh, the women should do more team sports. Women should be able to really voice how they feel instead of hiding behind of, oh, I can't say that because that's not nice. So instead what we do is, you know, on the websites and the Instagram and did most of the women are the ones that are the trollers you know we're the ones that make the negative remarks because we know that people don't know who we are mm -hmm. right but the thing is it's we do it that way through indirect aggression instead of being able to say to our girlfriends or the you know female colleagues look 
I'm not happy with the way this is done. Mm. I, you know, I but don't... it's about speaking out, isn't it? it and is. we'll wait for the music, actually, because this is too interesting. I just want to talk yeah. about this. But it, it is about speaking out, because I think half the problem is, is that when, as you said, when you see somebody behaving like that and saying things like that, you should just really nip it in the bud right there, mm-hmm. shouldn't you? And it's, right. it's for you to do that first, exactly. isn't it? But is there a, an environment now where, yeah, women, you know, is it changing? Or do you think something like your book has, do you think quite a few people where you've talked about examples are going to think, hmm, that might have been me? Or you, you, are you going to get any backlash for this? <laughs> <laughs> I was really worried that I would get backlash for this. Um, and I hesitated writing this book. But then I really thought about it. I thought if I don't write it, then who will write it? Who will really voice out about this? Because we need to make this something, a discussion point. We need to talk about this. Otherwise, it'll never be spoken about. Mm. Um, and so it gave me, and my husband actually gave me a lot of courage to write it. And same for my girlfriends. And surprisingly, so far, the people who have read it have been very supportive and said, I'm so glad you wrote this. Um, it's not just blaming the men or it's not women versus men. It's also about just all of us, how we, how, how do we work better with each other? Mm. And part of it is, Nip it in the butt. You know, yeah. if you have an issue with a woman, your female colleague, then just have a coffee with her and ch- chat to her and yeah. tell her how you're feeling yeah. instead of behind her back, you yeah. know, which could actually make things worse. Yeah, it's interesting. I've got an example of that. A um, long time ago, this happened to me. Oh, I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> but somebody, I went, um, I went for some interview and they said, oh, you perhaps don't want to do this because somebody said this about you that you didn't want to do this kind of job. Mm. And I was thinking, no, I don't know anything about that. And uh, then I did confront, as you said, you know, right. I confronted this one lady and and we were fine. We were friends after that. That was okay. But it's just hard, isn't it? To it take is that. very hard. Okay, we're going to... As a discussion point for us to kind of talk about some of these issues and to recognize when we are doing those things to stop and ask yourself, why are we doing this? Why are we being so, you know, catty? catty. <laughs> <laughs> why are we saying, um, why are we, why are we the ones almost condoning the r- rumors and things that may not even be true? So we are almost our worst enemies. Exactly. Right. So exactly. some of the things that women are doing, you know, but you do, there is a recurring, I don't know, well, you know, maybe people have examples of this, but, you know, they might say that when they had a boss who was a woman, um, you know, there was a little bit more sort of tension because, you know, do women have to prove themselves more because they are in that area? But even that is hard, isn't it? It is. I mean, some of the studies say that the reason w- women can be more competitive with each other is because uh, we see that only one out of 10 will make it to the top. So unconsciously, when we look around and we see the other nine women, we feel, okay, well, if only one's going to make it, you know, then I see that other woman as a competition. Mm-hmm. And so it could even be at a unconscious level that we're doing that. So the whole thought process behind this book is to say, okay, yes, there could be jealousy. Yes, there could be this feeling of you know competitiveness. But what if we just... And, and first acknowledge that that's okay. You know, that is okay to feel that way. But then it's really how you act on it. You know, do you do something to sabotage your, your female colleagues so that mm. they don't get the position? Are you the one saying, oh, she must be, she must have her period today. That's why she's so grumpy. Mm. Um, I love uh, the quote from Tina Fey in Mean Girls. And he's, she says to the, the cheerleaders, 
if you call each other, you know, whores and sluts, it gives the right for the men to call you whores and sluts. Mm-hmm. And that's my point, is that if we do that to each other, then everybody else thinks it's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, I want to really kind of touch on some of those details that you've mentioned and and also looking at the solutions, you know, how do we change it? Before we go, we're just going to go into some music in a minute, but um, tell me, like, is this... Is this to do with the way we are wired? Because men always say, oh, it's the way we are wired. Is this about us? Is it to do with that? Well, there is some DNA, you know, there is some studies um, that say, yes, it's potentially the way we're wired. But it's also the way we're brought up. You know, we're taught women when they're young, they're taught to be always to be nice. Mm -hmm. Right. So. We think, okay, well, we have to be nice all the time, but then it doesn't really exhibit how we truly feel. The other thing is um, there are studies that show that we like to use indirect aggression. So rather than being to your face saying, oh, I'm unhappy about the way you're doing this, instead we do it you know, behind their backs yeah. and things like that. And that's part of like protecting your womb and it goes to this. It just becomes a, a habit, doesn't it? It does, but I think if... One of the things is that we said we, uh, the women should do more team sports. Women should be able to really voice how they feel instead of hiding behind of, oh, I can't say that because that's not nice. So instead, what we do is, you know, on the websites and the Instagram and did most of the women are the ones that are the trollers. You know, we're the ones that make the negative remarks because we know that people don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is, it's. We do it that way through indirect aggression instead of being able to say to our girlfriends or the you know female colleagues, "Look, I'm not happy with the way this is done." Mm-hmm. I, you know, I but don't. It's about speaking out, isn't it? it um, is. We'll wait for the music actually because this is too interesting. I just want to talk yeah. about this, but it, it is about speaking out because I think half the problem is is that when, as you said, when you see somebody behaving like that and saying things like that, you should just really nip it in the bud right there mm-hmm. shouldn't you and That's it's right. it's for you to do that first exactly. isn't it but is there a, an environment now where yeah women you know is it changing or do you think something like your book because do you think quite a few people where you've talked about examples are going to think mm, that might have been me or you, you, are you going to get any backlash for this <laughs> i was really worried that i would get backlash for this um and i hesitated writing this book but then I really thought about it. I thought if I don't write it, then who will write it? Who will really voice out about this? Because we need to make this something, a discussion point. We need to talk about this. Otherwise, it'll never be spoken about. Mm. Um, and so it gave me, and my husband actually gave me a lot of courage to write it. And same for my girlfriends. And surprisingly, so far, the people who have read it have been very supportive and said, I'm so glad you wrote this. Um, it's not just blaming the men or it's not women versus men. It's also about just all of us, how we, how, how do we work better with each other? Mm. And part of it is, Nip it in the butt, you know. Yeah. If you have an issue with a woman, your female colleague, then just have a coffee with her and ch- chat to her and yeah. tell her how you're feeling yeah. instead of behind her back, you yeah. know, which could actually make things worse. Yeah, it's interesting. I've got an example of that. Um, long time ago, this happened to me. Oh, I'm going to say who it was. <laughs> but somebody, I went, um, I went for some interview and they said, oh, you perhaps don't want to do this because somebody said this about you that you didn't want to do this kind of job. Mm. And I was thinking, no, I don't know anything about that. And uh, then I did confront, as you said, you know, I confronted this one lady and 
and we were fine. We were friends after that. That was okay. But it's just hard, isn't it? To it take is that. very hard. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more just after the news headlines. Um, if people are out and about at the moment, let me just tell you the weather for today. Fine and dry, but hazy. Moderate northerly winds strengthening tonight. The weather will be cooler and the outlook cooler in the morning and dry in the next couple of days. Temperature at the moment is 28 degrees Celsius with 58% humidity. Um, my guest in the studio is going to join me again just after the news. We've got some music after the news headlines. Let's just go over to the news desk. More violent scenes outside Polytechnic University as a group of protesters appear to break through a police cordon and enter the campus in Hung Hum. One piece of footage showed a protester grappling with a police officer. Officers arrested a number of protesters, one of whom was carried away with a bleeding head. The High Court has ruled that the mask ban introduced by the government under emergency powers last month is unconstitutional. The Education Bureau says all schools will be suspended again tomorrow. Kindergartens and special schools will be closed until Monday. The news from RTHK. We can go driving in on my scooter, uh, you know, just around London. Oh, I-
Taylor Swift and London Boy, 26 minutes to 3 o'clock. You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. My guest in the studio is Jacqueline Jin, and uh, she wrote the book Sisterhood in the Workplace. Some interesting things there, Jacqueline, we were talking about just before the news headlines. Um, now, kind of moving on a little bit, I mean, you've had a number of different experiences mm. where you, it has affected you. What was the What was the kind of worst situation that you've been in? The oh. worst situation? <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, I've as a senior woman uh, in the organization, what I find frustrating is just not seeing other women with me. Mm-hmm. And it feels very lonely to yeah. be there on your own. Yeah. And so when the executive committee is filled with nine other men and you're the only woman, it's very hard. It's mm. really, really challenging. And I feel like I'm the only spokesperson sometimes uh, and I'm the, I'm the token female. And that puts a lot of pressure on me to always try to be the best that I can be. Mm. And I feel that I'm always being looked at under a microscope mm. and different set of rules different set of rules so that to me is the most challenging the other time uh, just getting back to your question about uh, challenging personally was um, when there was another woman who was a queen bee and it was very difficult because she did not make it easy for me mm. and I spoke to one of the male colleagues and I said what should I do about her I've tried my best and he said oh you know just ignore her and it was interesting how flippant men can be about that mm. you know they're just like oh just ignore it whereas for women and i think especially for myself i took it very personally the way yeah. she was treating me yeah. and it really affected me emotionally but then i thought about it and, I, and, and he was right just forget about it mm. and so i did and what really helped me though were my girlfriends mm-hmm. and my mentors yeah. who gave me the support that said you're better than that. You know, when she's low, you go high. Yeah. And that's what I did. And that really helped me. It's a tricky situation, mm. isn't it? It's, it's very right. hard. Um, you know, how do we change things? What do we do? I mean, you know, frankly, when I was looking through this book, I was actually thinking this would be a really good induction course. <laughs> It'd be a really good induction mm. to, uh, to, a, to a, you know, if you join a new company, then everyone should go, you know, both men and women, I think, should have an awareness of how different gender things react. Because, you know, one of the examples you gave in this book was you said that, like, you know, we were just talking about how circumstance, how you are judged differently. Like, so if you are in a group of all men who are there in the, as senior managers and things like that, and like those guys can go out for a drink in the mm-hmm. evening, right? Or they can go and have dinner together and things, and they can discuss business. But suddenly if a woman is included in that and you end up having dinner by yourself or having a drink by yourself, then again, you've mentioned that suddenly everyone insinuates all sorts of things, which right. wouldn't happen with a man, would it? Yes. How do right. we change this? Well, that's where sisterhoods come in. Um, I think when the rumors start circulating, uh, I'll give an example. So uh, my boss, who's a man, uh, travels a lot and he doesn't have much time. So he said, let's catch up with um, dinner and we can have a work dinner. I said, that's great because I had a lot of things I want to talk to him about. So we had dinner and we went through the whole list and it was very good. Actually, we accomplished a lot in the meeting. The next day, uh, people said, oh, was it just the two of you? 
Oh, you God. know, and and they're like, wasn't that isn't that kind of strange? That's the two of you. And I was thinking, why does it have to be strange? Men do it all the time with each other, mm-hmm. and it's not a problem. So that's when our sisters can come into defense and say, what's wrong with that? Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing's happened instead so, of the grapevine being f- fueled <laughs> exactly with other women. So yeah. I think, I think we could help each other quite a bit. I mean. Um, there are so many situations where I feel that uh, men may take that for granted. Like they may just assume, oh, there's no, I think for the man, he probably thinks, oh, there's no issue. And I think a lot of it is uh, also education. I find that a lot of the senior men who don't have working wives or, you know, adult, you know, fe- a role uh, model uh, in front uh, of them or, or somebody, yeah. Right, daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may not necessarily get it. Yeah. So, uh, I actually think that they should have this type of gender training or diversity training um, because they really sometimes don't know like how uncomfortable it feels. They could be going out, like let's say we go uh, and uh, decide to have drinks together. I always tend to leave early because I feel like they're... They don't like the fact that I'm there because they can't really talk about they what they want to talk. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm always leaving early. Yeah. Um, but th- I don't think they realize that it makes us feel uncomfortable yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so then, really, I mean, you're a mother, and you're a mother of, you know, kids who are at university. So, how as women, okay, our relationship with women, we have to work on. We have to really make an effort to have that sisterhood sort of view. Um, but as say, as parents. You know, because I have a son who's 24 and I just keep saying to him that, look, you know, you better learn how to wash the dishes, do this, do this. Because, you know, if your wife's working, you guys, you, you need to do it together. So how do we change that for them? Uh, I think it's great what you're doing with your son. I, I have two boys as well. And I think the best supporters are those that have women uh, moms who actually have been working and we can educate them and let them know how challenging it is. And in my chapter about men as allies, I talk about that because the ones who end up being the best allies are the ones who had working mothers and they see how difficult it is. So I think a lot of it is having the conversation with them mm. and explaining and to from them a the very challenges. Early age, from a very it? early yeah. age. I've been doing that for as long as I've been working, um, explaining to them how how challenging it is. And, and they see it. They see it. As for women helping each other, I do talk about PMS. It's a, instead of, I thought, okay, instead of using that as a, as since it's associated usually with women, I wanted to change it into something that we can use. Okay. And so P is promoter, M is mentor, and S is sponsor. And okay, I'm going to stop you yes. there, right? Because I think we need to just focus on that a little bit more, and I'm going to put some music on. <laughs> but so just remember that. So PMS, we're going to see what this, and that is a solution in a way. That's it's, one that's of the solutions. One of the yeah. ways that you offer a solution. We're going to get the details of that. So I suggest if you've got a notebook and stuff, if you want to note this down, you can do, and you can always get hold of the book anyway. All right. <laughs> I'm a lady. Hey. 
it cute and I'm pretty smart. And when I break it down, it's a work of art. And if you feel the same, can you participate? I wanna see you shake. I wanna hear you say. Say I'm pretty, I'm pretty cute and I'm pretty smart. And when I break it down, it's a work of art. And if you feel the same, can you participate? I wanna see you shake. I wanna hear you say. And I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. I know I'm a gem. I ain't worried about it. Cause I'm a lady I don't move like them I ain't worried about it I don't move like them I ain't worried about it I know I'm a chum But I ain't worried about it I ain't worried about it Cause I'm a lady I'm a lady. That's Megan Trainer. I chose that one specifically just for you. I really. love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, now we ended just before that track on the on the letters P and S. Um, everyone's all saying, "Oh, it's a bit PMS," you know. <laughs> but you've got another solution for it here because your PMS stands for promoter, mentor, and sponsor. Okay. So the reason I put that together is that um, in Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, she talks about a story about uh, Merrill Lynch women who were not getting promoted. And studies have shown that when a woman goes into a man's office and says, I want a promotion, we're less likely to get it because they think, oh, who does she think she is? Oh, that's very aggressive. Um, so what the Merrill Lynch women did was form a little group and they decided to promote each other mm -hmm. for each other and that worked and they all ended up getting promoted. So what I mean by promoter is that whatever level you're on, it doesn't matter. When a sister says something really good and you think it's very good, then you just say, oh, Kelly, that was That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Or well done or um, like Kelly said or, you know, just... Uh, Show, kind of giving her affirmation in front of other people and promote that that helps promote her and then as you move up the echelon the corporate ladder the next level is promoter uh sorry mentor so any if you have anyone below you anyone then you could be a mentor you don't have to wait till you're super senior mm -hmm. anybody so for example if you are an executive assistant and you have an assistant or if you have uh, if you're an associate you're an analyst right. anyone can do it um, and that means be a mentor, you know, help that person along. And then at the top of the uh, echelon is a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And a sponsor is someone with influence. So the difference between a mentor and sponsor is mentor is someone who talks to you and a sponsor is someone who talks about you. Right. And since the sponsor has influence, that person, even behind the scenes, can promote you and try to get you up the ladder. And the thing is that's very interesting studies have shown that men their mentors tend to be sponsors okay right they because they tend to also be people of influence whereas women their mentors are not necessarily sponsors and that makes sense because we don't have that many females at the top around. exactly it's a vicious circle uh, really, it is it? a vicious <laughs> circle so companies need to do try to diversify more by implementing programs to get more sponsors slash mentors um, to sponsor women. Mm. Uh, I think if we did that, that would really go a long way. 
Great. There's a lot there. And there's <laughs> and, and that's really, you know, the solution. You're saying that if we all, it, it is all about being positive, isn't it? That's right. Instead of that negativity, instead of putting somebody down. But, you know, I think what people sometimes or women or generally anyone doesn't see is that, you know, helping somebody, the, the kind of excuse they give when they don't want to help somebody is, I did it the hard way. I'm not going to make it easy for them. They have to go through it. It's character building. Right. But, you know, just a little bit of a, a hand really does make a difference, doesn't it? And studies have shown that, you know, a lot of women do so well once they have a mentor. Yeah. Um, it helps them build confidence. And it's certainly I've had two mentors throughout my career. And they've really, when I felt down... I would call them and they would give me the support that I need. Mm -hmm. So I think we can all do more to be mentors for each other and helping one another. Because that's when you really need each other the most is when you're feeling down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need someone to help you back up. Some some vital things. out. OK, so now you need to tell me um, or tell uh, our listeners as to the book is called Sisterhood in the Workplace. And if somebody wants to sort of get hold of it, what's the best way what to do? Uh, so I'm selling it on Amazon uh, through, uh, I have it on hard copy and also you could do it through Kindle, mm -hmm. um, but Amazon will sell it and uh, you just Google my name and the book will show up. And that's Jacqueline <laughs> Jen, Sisterhood in the Workplace. Well, it's a great book. And what I, as I said, you know, one of the things I really, really did like about it is that you've got some really great examples because for me, um, any book which... Uh, or, you know, when people talk about their own experiences, mm. then you can identify with those. That's right. And I think one of the main things I got out of it is that we all have to sort of just accept the fact <laughs> that we do do this. Right. You know, we're all guilty right. of it. And so that's the best way to go. So finally, um, let me just end with asking you if you could make one wish uh, to change one thing in a company or whatever, what would that wish be? Well, right now in the Fortune 500, um, we have about 10% of the women um, on that list. And my wish would be that it could be three or four times that uh, in the next three years. There are more men named John on that list than there are women. And that needs to change. And that starts with us. And perhaps sisterhood in the workplace. The book. <laughs> That's right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jacqueline for coming in. And uh, I think there's some vital stuff there. So great. I've learned a lot. So thank you ever so much.